Welcome to the Maternity and Midwifery Hour, brought to you once a week by the Maternity and Midwifery Forum. This podcast is supported by Matflix, video streaming from maternity experts. All your CPD needs made easy. If you need to get your revalidation done or have a student project to complete, Matflix is the one-stop shop. And welcome to this week's Maternity and Midwifery Hour. To everyone who's there, I understand we've got quite a few people uh, from Worcester tonight, so welcome to you all. And this is the 11th episode of the third series of Maternity and Midwifery Hour. And it, my name's Sue MacDonald, and I'm the curator for the hour and for the Maternity and Midwifery Festivals. And it, that's my joy to be here this evening chairing. Um, those of you who've watched this before will know that this, these sessions were designed in response to the COVID pandemic, we really wanted to provide some continuing professional development and information for student midwives, for midwives and for people who wanted to become midwives or who work in the maternity services to keep up to date and just keep linked in with other things that were going on. Um, this was because obviously we couldn't have face-to-face -face events, which we, we still are trying to do, but not face-to-face, -face. we're doing everything online. Um, so, this will be accessible in the future. So if you miss any little bits, you can catch up at a little later point. You can also share it with your colleagues and your friends and have a discussion group. And that's really good for sharing out good, good practice. And you are going to hear some fantastic practice this evening. So I'm really pleased that we're, we're, we have Steph and Helen with us this evening. Just want to say a big thank you to Matflix who do the video streaming for the maternity experts and for the CPD and look after all the revalidation materials. So this event, as well as the maternity and midwifery um, festivals and all the hours are kind of all archived. So if you want anything or any information, just go to Matflix. This is the place to get information for your assignments that you might be due. It'd be useful for student midwives. And if you happen to be trying to do your revalidation and you need some information, loads of information to be got there through. Now, tonight we're going to look at continuity of care and we have Helen Hunt and Stephanie Leach, both from Worcester. Here they are beside me. So welcome. And I'm just going to start and put them both on the spot, feeling a bit mean, to ask them for a moment of the week. And I'll start with Helen. So Helen, do you have a moment of the week you'd like to share with us all? Um, in my midwifery world, the moment of the week was um, today when a baby that was reluctant to feed went to the breast. <laughs> that was many hours of support and help. <laughs> So a little victory there for that family. And on a personal front, oh, my dog was bitten a couple of weeks ago and he had his stitches taken out today. Oh. <laughs> so happy days for him. Yeah, oh, those are two lovely moments to share. Thank you for that, Helen. How about Stephanie? Steph, I'm calling you Steph, is that okay? Yeah, Steph's better. Yeah, only Stephanie when I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, my moment of the week was uh, yesterday morning, um, I received a text from one of the women that I'm caring for under the continuity model. Um, unfortunately, I'd missed her birth um, in the early hours of yesterday morning. And she sent me a lovely text saying that um, although she had excellent care throughout her labour, she was really gutted that I wasn't there. Mm. Um, and I saw her this afternoon and she said, if I would had been there, it would have been the cherry on the cake. <laughs> 
I love the idea you're a cherry on the cake, Steph. That's yeah. lovely. <laughs> well, that's that's lovely. At least I hope she I'm sure she felt very confident and comfortable because of the care that you'd all given, which which we're going to hear more about shortly. So thank you for those moments of the week. Thank you. That's lovely. Good, good start to the evening. And at this point, and I don't want to be you know, too routine, but we always do say a few tributes to staff um, who are still working in the NHS, looking after people with COVID and, and getting better from COVID and from long COVID. And, and we'll send our thanks to people in intensive care, into high dependency care and the um, community to say thank you for looking after the people so well. And not just the people who are sick, but their families and their friends as well. It's a big task and, and people are still having to work very hard at that. Of course, we always also say a big thank you to our maternity services as well, because maternity services don't stop and they didn't stop last March. They carried on because women and babies still need care and it needs to be continued as much as normal. And I've personally been really so thrilled to see how midwives have coped and not just cope they've done fantastic things to make sure that women and babies are well cared for and looked after even through the difficult times of having to just have partners there for certain times i think it's been very challenging but midwives have done fantastically so thank you to you all as well and thank you to all the key workers and everyone who keeps everything going at this time we're still in the lockdown um, and I have in front of me as I, I carry this about with me the sort of um, uh, road map and this is the shortened version and if anyone wants one of these you just need to look at the resources list that that is available because this way you can put this on your fridge and you know when the lockdown is easing off and I know they're doing it in a very uh, slow and, and thoughtful way so that they can make sure that um, care is is okay people are okay through this anyway so this week this week's news this is time for the news birthrights and we had maria a few weeks back to talk to us about their work and they're at the moment they're calling for evidence from black and brown mums and families for their inquiry into racial injustice so do share the news about that just go to the birth birthrights org uk uh, website if you want to direct anyone towards there right today is st patrick's day and friday is national sleep day thought i'd share that some of you will be very interested in national sleep day because if you're like helen and steph having to balance the work and work life you need your sleep at times it's also safer sleep week um, and the, the uh, lullaby trust are doing the theme of dads and I have to say, there are some fantastic tips online, including using a car seat safely and including a, this really good app that the Lullaby Trust have. And again, that's on the resources page. OK, still, it's um, the Marie Curie Daffodil Month this still this month. OK, we're moving on to vaccinations. They're going really well. I think the number is just over 26 million who've had their first vaccination, which is fantastic. And it's really opening up people feeling more confident and comfortable um, with going towards this roadmap business. 
Um, now, yesterday I was at the RCM Education Conference, which was fantastic. And those of you members will be able to access um, this after the dates. And there's lots of online materials available. But I wanted to just say a big congratulations to Grace Edwards, Sally Pizarro and Carmel Lloyd, who all were awarded RCM fellowships yesterday. And that was really fantastic. More congratulations to Professor Sue Down, Sarah Noble, who's at South Warwickshire, Professor Leslie Reagan and Professor Alex Hazel. And they've all been appointed to the Health and Social Care Committee's expert panel. And that's excellent news. And we've got two fantastic midwives there who really make sure midwifery face is seen there very strongly. Also, little well done to Sheena Byram and her grandson Archie, who are walking 100 miles, not all in one day, I might add, but they're doing it in a gradual way to raise money for the midwives ambulance in Ethiopia. So a big well done to them. I'm not exactly sure how many miles they've done, but they've been working at it very hard. So have a look on the um, on maybe Sheena's Twitter and you'll see where she's at with that. Okay, there's also some updated COVID resources um, also on that resources page. So please do check out the resources that you will have available. Okay, we're going to move on to the main meat of the evening, which is continuity of care. Now, this is something that is, is quite interesting in a way, because this has been talked about for a long, long time. It was talked about before 1994 and the Changing Childbirth Report. And I've put on the resources list Caroline Flint's work, because Caroline was one of the first people who really demonstrated the value of continuity of care for mothers and babies and families, but also for midwives, because we have to be in this match together. It is very much a partnership. And of course, with the uh, Better Birth Initiative, we've moved far more into continuity of care um, and it's happening. It's happening all over the place and we've got targets to reach and it's doing well. So this evening was a real opportunity for us to explore continuity of care from a midwife's point of view with two fantastic midwives who are actually doing it. I'm very busy doing it and want to share their experiences with the audience. So I'm so pleased they're with us. So I'm going to introduce, um, first of all, well, in fact, I'll introduce you together. Shall I, Helen, Steph, does that make sense? Okay, first of all, we have Helen Hunt. She came into midwifery a little bit later in life and has now been qualified for five years. During these five years, she worked on a rotation basis in the unit as newly qualified six months before taking on a caseload in the community setting. Once she achieved her B B6, she was seconded to the alongside birth unit, preceded by another post in another community. Her heart has always lay, her, has always been in um, community and midwifery, but she missed providing intrapartum care. So continuity seemed the perfect fit for her aspirations. Outside of a midwifery world, she co-runs a continuing care providing pregnancy and postnatal support to local families. So she's always very busy. That's very close to your heart. So that's fantastic. And we also have the lovely Seth Leach, who started her career 
at Coventry, where she rotated around all areas and worked for six months as an acting up band seven coordinator on delivery suite. She then moved to Worcester Royal Hospital nearly five years ago, where she's predominantly worked on delivery suite before joining a continuity of care team in September. She works in Team Pearl. I like the sound of that Team Pearl with seven other midwives. She is a full time midwife covering a postcode based area of Worcester and caring for women and families with a range of low risk to high risk needs. So Helen, I think Helen is going to start off. So Helen, the screen is now yours. Thanks very much, Sue, and good evening, everybody. I'm going to introduce you to the Sapphire team. Before I do, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the area that we service. The main town that we cover is called Pershaw, which probably is somewhere you've never heard of before. In the last census, there were about 7,000 people living there, and it's just towards the edge of the Cotswolds on the banks of the River Avon. And it's not really noted for very much at all about, really, it's just about plums and pears. It's a market gardening town. It's lots of Georgian architecture. We have low crime rates. We're very lucky. 92% of the people that live in Pershaw were born in England. 98% speak English as their first language. So we really do lack um, ethnic and cultural diversity in the area. But the population is in really good health on the whole, and it's one of those happy places to live. So that's a little bit about our area and our demographics. In April 2019, we launched Sapphire Team with our sister team at the time, Ruby, which services a very different type of demographic in a different area of the county. Eight of us volunteered to be part of the team, most of us from a community background. Um, two of our midwives at the time came straight from the unit. Um, our first task was to find an office, and we found one um, completely off an NHS site um, on the location of a little um, school in town. Um, but we quickly found out that actually we didn't really need to use it as an office, and it's now become a bit of a glorified stockroom. We do have a couple of desks in there, and of course the odd packet biscuits lying around. But really, when you go in there, you'll be greeted with home birth boxes, our birth pools, and boxes and boxes of syringes and needles and things like that that we need for our everyday clinic bag. We don't have a clinic. Um, we don't have a clinic room, but we are fortunate enough to have a children's centre still in our town, which is attached to the school. And we can use it if it's more appropriate for us to meet our women or some of our families there. We um, have a mixed caseload. I think when we started, we thought we would just be looking after women who receive universal care. But it suddenly became clear that with postcode lottery debates that go on in healthcare, that it was only fair to offer our service to everybody in the town. So we do. We have women with more complex needs, as well as women with multiple births as well. So how do we deliver our care if we don't have a clinic? Well, we're really privileged that our women and our families welcome us into their homes. We, de we deliver all of the antenatal care in their homes, which really enables us to walk the walk with our women. We can enter their headspace. We understand what their needs are. We get to know they're the family members, their cats and their dogs. And it really becomes clear to us what their aspirations are for their birth and their transition to parenthood. 
it really is an utter privilege. It really helps us to identify safeguarding issues too. So um, there are many advantages to working in our parents' home. I think they tell you more that in that sort of environment and they do if they're coming out of their home environment into the clinical setting of a, of a clinic. We um, triage our women at home when they call us to say that they are in labour. So we don't triage them for everything at home, but certainly for labour care we do. And this has been amazing. Obviously, sometimes it makes more clinical sense to actually just meet them at the unit when you hear it is what we call one of our hot multiples and things are obviously progressing quickly. We don't want to waste time going to their home and then driving to our unit, which is about 15 minutes without any traffic. So triaging women in labour at home has enabled some women to make the decision to birth their babies at home, which they may, may have not really considered before. We have an ongoing discussion with our women about the place of birth, which is absolutely great. But there have been at least two occasions I can think of when it's come to the day and we've offered women, should we go to the unit now? And they've just decided, no, they, they're quite happy where they are. So we've had lovely home births, unexpected home births that way. We um, Obviously, we meet our women in the unit if they're choosing a unit birth. We try to be there for all our elective cesarean sections. We try to be there for our induction of labours too. But then if our essential visits are taking up the time when a bed is available on the antenatal ward for that induction, we're really lucky that our broader team, those that work in the unit and on the wards will cover us for that and they're very understanding and facilitate that care for us when we can't be there. We try to get to the postnatal ward to visit all our women postnatally. Most of the time this happens, but again, in the unexpected world of midwifery, sometimes something crops up and again, rely on our fantastic wider team in the unit to provide that care for us. And then we always try to discharge our women home too, so that we're clear about their ongoing plan in the community. What has really made our team work? Well, we have complete autonomy over the way our team works. We run our diaries. Um, we don't have a manager. We have a team leader who is absolutely incredible and she's one of us because she has her own caseload too. And I don't know how she manages it, manages it but she leads not only our team, but she leads another continuity team and two community teams as well. So she's always there for us to go to when we can't come to a conclusion about something within our team. We just need someone to make a decision because we've been going round in circles, being far too polite and not able to make a decision ourselves. She does our um, yearly appraisals and all those other things that come with being a team leader. Um, we've not been frightened to change things. Of course, what we started doing is really not what we're doing now. And we've always made little adjustments along the way. Um, that may be in terms of our off duty or just the way that we work together. And because we've not been able, because we don't actually have to go through someone to make these decisions for us, when we want to make a change, we can just say, right, from next week, this isn't working anymore. We're going to do it a different way. And it really gives you a great sense of ownership and really draws the team in together. We really take time for each other in our team. We know each other really well now. Um, our team has changed a few times over the last couple of years. And we've definitely noticed that we've gone through those different 
team formations of you know just starting together and then growing and then storming ahead and then performing all those great theories about team formation we definitely have been through that every single time what has really helped is that we always have time for a weekly meeting whether that be by Zoom, via Zoom, Teams, or if we're able to do it safely face-to-face because -face, there's just a few of us that week. Um, because working in continuity can sometimes feel a little bit lonely. Um, you often don't see your teammates for several days. So having a weekly meeting has really helped bring us together, discuss our caseloads. We reflect on what's worked well and what hasn't worked well in both situations during the week. So we continue to learn from each other all of the time. Communication, of course, is the very foundation of successful teams, and we always know that we can improve a little bit there. We use Teams to communicate. We've got different folders for caseloads. We've got a daily folder for essential visits. We have our own birth register, which is really nice to flick through. Or if you've been off on annual leave for a week, that's certainly the first place I go to to make sure I haven't looked and um, haven't missed any of my women's births. They're always under strict instructions not to have a baby when I'm not there, though. Um, and we all take on extra roles as well. So, for example, my job is to coordinate with the students in the university too. So we have a buddy system. So my buddy midwife and I, we try not to have annual leave together. Um, it doesn't always work, but generally that's what we try to do. And we've got a really great variety of skills in the team. There are some of us who have more knowledge in the community area, but then we do have a, three of our team members who have worked in the unit far more extensively. So we can draw in on each other's expertise and it's been such a useful thing and really helps the team to flourish. We're very strict about having time off when it's your days off. We make sure that our phones are diverted and switched off. And it's very easy, isn't it, in this world where communication is going on all the time. But um, I think for your own well-being, it's really important that we look after each other. We don't call each other just to let people know things on the days off. They are sacred. Um, and we also have a named consultant, and that works really well. Um, we know that we can just drop her an email and um, you know, just sometimes for those silly things, you just want to know, what do you think about? And uh, she's really responsive and we have a really great relationship with her. So that's something I'd really advise when you're setting up um, your own continuity team. Of course, we have had challenges along the way. Um, we're really lucky, we're nearly two years in now, and I think our team works exceptionally well together. But of course, in the early days, there's so much going on. It wasn't really like that. And I think the biggest challenge, speaking personally for me, was that shift in mindset from working in a traditional community model to now working in continuity. So in your traditional community model, when you have really busy clinics and your head is spinning at the end of the day, going home worried that you've forgotten something because you've seen 15 women that day, to now I've got two or three women who are due a month. And it's almost unlearning everything that you've learned before in that traditional community model. Another challenge, the scope of the role sometimes is overwhelming. Because you're providing continuity of care from almost when that stick turns blue um, to 
discharging your family off into the wilderness of parenthood themselves. Um, I think you can put a great expectation on yourself to know absolutely everything. Um, but we really do rely on our wider team in the unit to help us with this. I don't think a week goes by when we don't phone our day assessment unit or triage to ask their advice or just to help us to remember a guideline which, as we know, can change um, far too frequently for me to remember. Um, uh, not just me, I think other team members too, but it's very difficult sometimes to keep track of things. So we do really rely on them and we do see ourselves as an extension of every single team in the unit. So what we do though, but is, and we pride ourselves as being experts in our women and the families, and we garner all of the support from our continuity team and our in-unit colleagues. We're the conduit of care, so we we and then we oh, what I'm trying to say um, we make sure that all the services that that woman needs that we orchestrate those to provide the best care for her and her baby. So it's really difficult to describe really what makes continuity happen, but there is some real magic in the depth of relationship that you have with a woman and her family. And it's really beyond articulation. It's, it's when you're trying to describe a feeling to someone and those words don't come. I know that sounds really soft um, and it sounds a little bit twinkly lights and whale music. And I am a little bit partial to that sort of environment, <laughs> but um, we know it works. Uh, it, definitely works for our women and our families and if you always put them in the very centre of what you do and how you work that is when the magic happens and we know it happens because of our hard and soft results and by that I mean the hard results our outcomes our birth outcomes um, definitely I can see that our home birth rate is is, is much higher than traditional care um, our section rate, I'm pretty sure, is lower. Our instrumental rate is lower. And I think our breastfeeding rates are maybe a little bit better too. Um, and the soft results is the feedback that you get from women and the gratefulness. Um, if you want to look at our Facebook page, our Team Sapphire Facebook page, it's often full of really wonderful feedback from the families. And... <sighs> a little bit of ego comes into it but actually you know you're doing a really good job and women really do appreciate that you or your team have been there for every step of the way listening to them and providing them with the kind of birth and the early days of being a parent as they've wanted and they've dreamt of. So that's how um, our Sapphire journey has been the last two years. We've had changes We've loved our changes. It's not always been easy, but actually, if you remember what it's all about, and it's all about those families, then, yeah, there's a little bit of magic every day. Fantastic. Thank you, Helen. That's fantastic. That's a really very over, fantastic overview of what you do and how you set up. And I think people will kind of tune in to what you're saying. I know there's some questions coming through even now, so we'll have some questions, but maybe if we move on to Steph now, and then we can have the questions afterwards, because there are already some for you queuing up. 
And the reason for the audience I'm looking over here is I, I have two screens and they come, they come through on a different screen. So if we can welcome Seth, the screen is now yours. Thank you, Sue. Um, hi, everybody. Um, you'll have to bear with me as I'm a little bit nervous and Helen just speaks so eloquently and it just flows out of you from Helen. <laughs> so if I stutter, please excuse me. Um, but yeah, hi, I'm Steph. As Sue said in the introduction, um, I kind of started my career in Coventry. So hi to everybody from Coventry who's watching. Um, and uh, I worked there for uh, three years, rotating around all different areas. Uh, and then I joined um, the Worcester team about five years ago. So hi to all of you guys as well. Um, I've predominantly worked on Delivery Speak for the majority of those um, kind of four and a half years before starting in a continuity team uh, in September. Uh, so I'm part of uh, Team Pearl. Uh, we were, there was two teams that launched two years ago. So Team Sapphire that Helen is in and Team Ruby. And then we were kind of one of the uh, next two teams to, to launch. Uh, oh, and when there was one of the teams, sorry, Team Opal as well. So we were kind of the fourth and fifth team to launch uh, in September. Um, the reason that I wanted to uh, join a continuity team was to give that more personalised care to women and their families. Um, I really wanted to get to know people better and get to know them through that journey um, of um, being, being pregnant to becoming their families and to give that holistic approach to care. And um, personally, uh, I wanted to uh, have more of a flexible um, working diary. I've been working uh, shifts for many years. Uh, I, I was a little bit selfish that I wanted to, a little bit more job satisfaction that I wasn't quite getting. Um, and I just wanted to change. I felt like I needed a change in my path, which I think we all know we get that itch every now and again, uh, that we need a little change of direction. Um, so um, as you said earlier, we, um, Team Pearl cover a different postcode in Worcester, so we're a little bit more central in Worcester. Um, our area covers um, uh, one area that's quite a deprived area of Worcester. Uh, we are, are lucky that we have a children's centre uh, that we are kind of based from. Uh, so we have a clinic room there that we use and we have a bigger room that we can use uh, for team meetings. And once uh, we are out of COVID, we can use for antenatal care and just general coffee mornings and meet the midwife sessions. Um, so we have eight midwives in our team. We've got four, three uh, full-time people and five part-time midwives. Uh, they joined, uh, we all joined from different areas. So some uh, from the community and some from the units. Um, we work a how we work is we as a full-time member of staff i would do uh, approximately three or four uh, on-call um, days a week or they could be either a 12-hour day or a 12-hour night is how we work it in our team and then we also have days where we're allocated to do um be available for visits and essential visits uh, and then we have other nights where we might be second on calls for home birth um, we ha always have our two protected days off. So when we're working our off duty, those are the first things that go in our two protected days off and then everything else fits in around there. Uh, we work our annual leave out within our team. So we don't, we're not um, governed by kind of a manager or anything for that. We work it out between us. And we've kind of worked out how many people can be off at any one time so that we can still cover the service uh, adequately. As, as uh, the same as uh, Team Sapphire, we all have our own little roles in the team. Um, so one of our midwives will sort out the new referrals that come through. Uh, somebody else will sort out the stock. 
somebody else is in charge of doing the off-duty um, and someone's in charge of our training. And there's other little bits of roles that we all pick up along the way. Uh, we use uh, Microsoft Teams for our communication. So similar to Team Sapphire, we have on there um, the, every, the allocation of our caseloads. So everybody's, who everybody's got due each month. Um, we have a, our off-duty on there. We have a, a spreadsheet for essential visits to make sure that everybody is seen when they need to be. Um, and it's also just general communication we do through there as well. And we use it for our team meetings at the moment as well. Uh, so we try we have a team meeting every week on a Thursday morning and whoever is available to attend the meeting will do. At the moment, we're doing those over, Zoom, um, over Teams, as I said. Um, at the start, we were able to meet up a little bit more, but um, at the moment, it's over Teams. And uh, we, we discuss, um, generally have a debrief about the week, um, what challenges we've faced or what lovely birth we, births we've had. Um, we talk about the rotor and making sure that's all covered. We um, talk about the upcoming home births that we have. Uh, and we also have just started going through kind of everybody that is 36 weeks plus. Um, so everybody's kind of caseload. And that just means that obviously then if you're rang in the middle of the night by somebody and she's not um, under your care, you've got a little bit of an idea about her. Um, what we also have as well is we have um, almost like clinic sheets on teams for each and every woman so that if somebody rings, you can just pop on there and see one of her details briefly about her, where she is, where she lives and her pregnancy. Um, so yeah, that's what we do. Um, so Alice, Helen says we're kind of providing all of that care from the start and finish to the finish of their journey. Um, and we're kind of the director of their care. So they're kind of centre points and then they go out from us to different things. Um, so we work alongside the antenatal clinic, day assessment, um, the obstetric consultants, delivery suites, and all the other kind of safeguarding midwives, all the other agencies that we need to. And we can direct the woman in those directions kind of thing. Um, so obviously we still we're still a relatively new new team um, we haven't had the luxury um, of being able to build our team as much as probably Helen has in terms of our um, personal lives and, our, and the social situations but hopefully soon we can do something social together and so that we can build our team together um, but we are working working really well we communicate a lot and we try and help each other to if, if somebody's um, got a lot of work on that day we try and help each other to pick up where we can um, we are very, we've been very fortunate to have quite a few home births since we, we started, um, which has been fabulous as I haven't done a home birth in about eight years or seven years mm. since I was a band five midwife. Um, so that's been a real um, highlight for me actually is having a couple of really lovely home births. Um, the other highlight obviously is the, the really, like Helen said, the really great feedback you get from families. And the feedback you get when you when you can go that extra bit of uh, extra little bit for women and their families, um, and you feel like you've done a really a really good job, and it's really satisfying to get that to get that feedback. So yeah, that's so I think that's everything about Team Pearl at the moment. Watch this space. Um, as I said, we're still relatively new to the game, but we're we're as Ellen said as well. We change we're having to change all the time, and and uh, we're talking all the time about how we can make things better or how we can just tweak things so that things can be um run more smoothly so yeah so that's us really thank you everybody for your time this night well thank you very much Steph and thank you thank you both Helen and Steph I think I what I love is that 
these are named after precious stones and i think that that is, is a sort of signal of something very precious and i think what you've you've kind of shared with this is very precious you're both i can see the kind of motivation and joy sort of glowing out of both of you even though you've been very busy this week i know you've been very busy you're still looking motivated and happy and and joyful in what you're doing and that's that's probably worth more than anything in in today's life so thank you for that and i mean i was quite interested in this sort of idea of the team because i think helen gave a very good description of the kind of um, potential difficulties in any team because you have to in this sort of model of care you have to trust each other implicitly and you also have to get to used to working in a different way in a very close way and it very much is the forming and the storming and and then the norming hopefully if you get to that point which which you obviously have and maybe Steph's team are still on the I don't know you you sound to say you're further than forming but maybe no, haven't think, had yeah. any storming <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I didn't mention as well was um I think Helen touched on it a little bit was the fact that um so I was predominantly um, a midwife who worked in delivery suites so I'll try and support other colleagues who haven't um, been there for a long mm. time and I've definitely definitely pulled on the support of um, the community midwives in our team mm. um, have been essential because I know that I can pick up the phone to one of them and say I'm not quite sure about this I haven't come across this uh, yet because I have I haven't done community for a very long time um, and I know that they will they will help me out if I need if I need them to mm. so that's been really useful. So this is very much teamwork and communication and trusting each other and being honest. I think that that absolutely fabulous. You, you're fantastic. I'm going to throw some questions at you, though, because otherwise our audience will be in touch squeaking. And there's loads of questions from the many people who are there. So thank you very much to those who put questions in. I'll start with Claire Dale. Hi, Claire. Um, she says, I'm a student midwife and we have been learning about perinatal mental health, obviously an important topic. I'm curious to know whether in your area, due to continued care, continued care, that you can deliver your women fare better when compared to the national statistics. Um, I'm not sure about uh, what data has been collected yet on kind of mental health and things. And obviously it's, it's not a... Um, a quantitative subject but um i would say in personal experience um it's it's uh from feedback from women we've had um some great feedback about from women especially one of my own who had quite a traumatic first delivery um and didn't really um gain, get the support that she needed after that and was very worried this pregnancy and this the feedback that i've had from her has been brilliant of just having that that person there that's that's supporting you through that worry and that troubling time mm. and um of course at this time she had an absolutely beautiful birth and very quick birth um mm. and she really gained confidence and believed in herself after that so um that's just kind of an anecdotal i'm not sure about what evidence there is there yet mm. i don't know i mean i know that uh, someone has asked the question about gathering statistics i i mean i imagine that is happening but I guess it's going to depend on at what point you're in, if you've only been in place for a short time or a long time, where the statistics are. I don't know, Helen, did you want to add to that? Well, just to say that 
Uh, yes, we, we've been gathering statistics right from the very beginning. Uh, thankfully, I don't have the job to actually pull those all together. Um, but our consultant midwife, um, she's the one who's been pulling those together. And um, we try to put them out each month to say what we've been doing, what we've been achieving. But yeah, so everything is being collated. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for that. OK, I've got Chris Warren. Hi, Chris. She says Helen has highlighted uh, what helps a team work midwifery autonomy so many teams fail because they don't have autonomy or get called in to cover staff shortages and she's saying I assume that doesn't happen in SAFA and that was a, quite a I think would be quite a common question because I think that is why it put, puts more team pressure on teams if they're not just trying to cover their own work but also be being brought in so it didn't sound as though that happens no, it hasn't happened many times. We are on the escalation policy, but we're at the very, very bottom of it. So mm. we can still provide continuity to our women. So we're very fortuitous that way. Of course, there are times and occasions when everyone needs to pull together to make the working unit a safe place for mums and babies. And of course, we go, go in, but we're at the very bottom of that policy so that we can still deliver continuity to our own that's right so it's not a routine thing to be brought in because i know that has that has happened in some other models in the past and no, puts a lot lucky. of stress yeah. so that that's great thank you fabulous okay now fran says hi helen sapphire sounds like a lovely team you mentioned you you've had to change some things that weren't working would you mind sharing some of those things so predominantly it has been um, off duty. Um, the way our off duty now uh, looks now is very, very different to when we started. We weren't very brave when we started. We were quite rigid in our structure and what we did during the day. But as we grew and became more confident in the model and of each other, um, we work a lot more flexibly now, um, which has enabled us to attend our women's births uh, more. Um, we do have a couple of midwives in our team who have preschool aged children, which obviously, you know, there is a challenge there for them, but they six days. So that works beautifully for them. And the rest of us have got older children that can pretty much look after themselves in a kind of manner, which gives us the flexibility to go and be with our women, you know, really whenever, whenever we can. So we do have an off duty that um, covers every day and night. Um, quite often there are two of us on, not every time, because we don't have quite mm. hours in the team for that. Um, but it does um, give us flexibility to, to, to change things around. So if I was on call tonight, but one of my women went um, into labour today, I would probably negotiate with my, my night buddy. Can we do a bit of, can we do a bit of a swap with my day buddy? Um, what other things have we changed? Um, there's so many practical things because of COVID, you know, the meet the midwife, you have to do yeah. virtually and things like that. Yeah, the main one has been off duty, really, and what we do in our days when we're working. We used to allocate, um, somebody was on on call for the day for labour and birth and somebody was working to do essential visits and things like that. And it worked really well to start with. And certainly as a new team exploring this model together, worked well but it was a bit too rigid for us as we became braver so we don't mm. 
Well, that's it. I mean, I've, I found the way that you both described the working was really helpful because it came very much came alive. And I think your comment about starting off with kind of fairly rigid place sounded a really honest, but also what you would do when you start mm. off with something. Mm. But what I thought both of you mentioned, which was really, really important for your mental health and well-being, I think, apart from anything else, was having these days off that were kind of sacrosanct. And I think that that's, for me, if, if there was only one rule, that's the rule that I'd kind of keep, because you need it, don't you, when you're working to that level and being the flexibility. I love that mm -hmm. idea of being able to swap if you your woman goes into labour, because everybody's going to appreciate that. But that's, I know that's great. And, and we've got um, Chris, Chris Warren's also asking about, are you auditing your soft and hard statistics, which I think you've answered already. So, so I told you there are a lot of questions. OK, we've got Catherine. Catherine Cooper says, hi, Catherine, says, can you tell us how many team member changes you've had in the past two years? I think that's for Helen. Um, that might be difficult to come up with an exact number. <laughs> yeah, not not many. Um, I just think we've had um, we had a band five who worked with us for a short space of time, but she just moved. Oh, she moved to staff. She's with she's with us now. And, and that's, it, that was purely just geographical because she lives close enough to our area. That's that's yeah, that was just logistical for her. We did have a midwife um, who then had problems with childcare, so she returned to the unit to work sort of more fixed days. Um, we had another team member that went to another um, another team. Um, oh, we had one that really had a baby. <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> so we looked after her. What a privilege that was. Wow. Um, so we have had a sapphire baby of our own. Um, a baby sapphire yeah. <laughs> that's lovely well, it's only four but I think yeah. that that's an indication of how happy people are isn't it and if they're moving mm -hmm. it's either to do another team or mm -hmm. um, if they have to move elsewhere no I mean that, that's smashing thank you I think because we're a mature team now we've learned to say no to each yeah. other I think in the beginning you know you just you're so wanting to make it work for everybody for the women yeah um but now actually you go, no i'm not doing that because uh, yeah beyond that's that's, the, that's autonomy isn't it <laughs> so we've got we've had a question about um being pulled back into the unit for cover shortage which we dealt with and then we have a question from uh margaret rogan hi margaret and she says brilliant work and lots of claps how do you maintain good relationships with the wider midwifery team and are there ever any perceptions of elitism in regard of the continuity teams um i think we've uh, it's it's steadily changing over the time period it's everybody is um is um cautious about change um in in midwifery and in any job really um and i certainly think that as the as more teams are rolling out that that kind of change is happening where people are um, getting to know what we're doing a bit more and I think the more people get to know what we're doing and um, they can appreciate what we're doing I, I think when when people just see what goes on in the hospital they don't quite see what goes on on the outside world kind of thing as people understand that more that change will happen um, 
I think that I've, I've been very lucky because I've recently come out of the unit. So um, when I go in, I get a very warm reception from all of my colleagues, which is lovely. And it's, it's wonderful to go back and see my friends uh, when I do go into the unit. Um, and I, I'm hoping that everybody has had that reception as well, which I'm sure they've had. Um, we're trying to work together so that when people do go into the unit, one of the things that has been picked up from unit staff is that um, if, especially if midwives haven't been in there for a long time, so say a community midwife, um, letting that letting the band seven coordinator or the people around them know what their needs are in terms of support um, and communicating that. Um, so that's kind of one of the ways that you can kind of build that barrier. But I feel like it's the same in in, in every job when there's when there's change, you have to give it time to kind of adapt. Fabulous. Thank you. That's a, that's a really good one. Because that feels like you're a small team in a big team, much more. That sounds really great. And I think your discussion earlier of one of the team members coming into a different team or going into the unit because the job didn't suit her at that time was a really good point, I think. Because it may not be, you know, there are people going to be going in and, in and out, really. Fabulous. OK, we've got Diane Garland. Hi, Diane who says, what number of women do you have per midwife? And previous teams had very high numbers and made them made burnout happen faster. So that's a, a good practical question. Helen um, or, or Steph? If it's Steph. Go on, so Steph. I was just going to say, um, so we have a set, set criteria of uh, how many women we can uh, have over the year. Um, so for, for me, as a full-time member of staff, I'll have 30 to 35 women over the year. So that roughly works out to about three um, women per month who are due to give birth. Nice. Um, what we do do as well is obviously for members who are part-time, they would have a reduced caseload from that. Um, if there was, say, I'm going to have two weeks worth of annual leave within the month, then I might take one woman less that month. Um, because obviously we are we are providing all of their care so it might sound for people who are in traditional community model that might sound like quite a low number of, of women um, to care for um, which it is considerably less but that's because we are providing that that whole right. kind of package of care um, and being available for women in labor and birth as well so presumably you only would do three or four bookings a month of yeah. your women yes Not yeah 10 women yeah, yes. of the yeah. whole team I think that's yeah no fabulous. no we, so we try and do as much care of, uh, so we get how we work in our team is we get allocated a woman and we would then follow her through the only time that w her care would maybe transfer to somebody else is if we were on annual leave or if she needed something on a specific day we try and move things um, a day or two either side if we can do so that we can see them um, but also as well it's also quite a good thing for somebody else to see see your woman once in a while so that they can um meet at the moment obviously as well because they can't meet the the whole team um due to covid it's quite nice that they'll see spendy face in case that person might be on call when they're in labor and we can't attend ourselves um but the other thing is that it's a fresh pair of eyes on on that mm. woman and she can look at look at everything and go oh i don't know about that i'm not quite sure about that or she can go yeah everything's absolutely fine um so that's kind of how we work things in our team and I guess that's quite a good way of getting some feedback from your yeah. colleague because that's another thing that we can learn from I don't know Helen did you want to add to that or does it about yeah, the same 
<laughs> we, we work very um, civilly to that. Um, I try and get to meet my buddy's caseload once during their antenatal care, and likewise, she gets to try and see one of mine. Um, we're doing sort of a similar sort of fresh eyes as well. Um, mm. Had a new software um, installed, a software program installed. Oh women all the way through their pregnancy postnatal so no notes anymore which is quite a I know I know and um I'm not the most IT savvy person um so we've got this new system which we're getting to grips with um but because there's so many different aspects it's going to be brilliant I can see that but just sort of these early days this transitioning um so my buddy midwife is going to start looking at my bookings just to make sure that we've got everything and the right referrals have gone off um because otherwise it's a little worry in your own head that you've got to come on isn't it and then that makes life feel a little bit heavier so yeah. yes great Tasha's looked at that that's all good to go yeah I feel happy with that so yeah just a bit of a safety net for us Oh, that's really good. That's very good practice. You're getting lots of feedback. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm going on to the next question, though, now. So we've got Helena White. Hi, Helena or Helena. Uh, what are your caseload numbers? We've answered that one. How many on calls would you do in a week? Um, can I say hi to Helena? I know Helena very well. <laughs> um, I've been very privileged to go out with Helena's charity to Africa to do some uh, midwifery oh, work out there. Yeah. Okay. So hi, Helena. Um, in in our team, um, I can't say for the rest of the teams. Um, we work very. We do work differently, um, even within Worcester. Um, so within our team, I'm full time. I would do um, three or four. Uh, 12 hour on calls a week um, so I'll be available so either I would do say two days and a night or two nights and a day within uh, the seven day period uh, and then we also roster in um, what we call a white day which is a visit day um, to make sure that there is somebody who is on visits every day to pick up those essential visits that have to be done on that day um, so that the, the on-call person is available for labourers and doesn't have to worry about that necessarily. Fabulous. Okay, thank you for that. And we've got uh, da, 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 Fran. This is a good one. They're all good questions, so I have to say. Fran, hi, Fran. How did you find the transition into the role? Did you have any additional training? I'll ask Helen first. Um, when I started in the continuity team, I hadn't worked in the unit for a little while. So I went in with some and did some sort of transitioning days. So um, bedded up with midwives working on delivery suite. Um, so that was really helpful. So it wasn't really additional training, I would say, because you know everyone still has their standard midwife mm -hmm. training that it's mandatory. Um, but it was more sort of refreshing. Um, mm -hmm. Recently, I realised I hadn't actually been into theatre for a caesarean birth for quite some time or since Covid. And I was like, oh, I'm really not sure what the etiquette is there at the moment. So I went in and budded up with somebody actually who was then a continuity midwife and Lena doing an elective too, just to refresh my skills and just to make sure that I was not touching the wrong things or um, you know, going in through the right door. Um, so nothing really additional, but um, just continual refreshment to make sure that you can then just deliver the, the best care when you're in there with a the woman. Anything from Steph? Um, so I'm the opposite way around, really. Um, I felt uh, com comfortable in the unit, um, not so comfortable in uh, community care. Um, as I said, I've not done it for a very long time. Um, but the... Um, 
as I said, the community midwives and our team have been really supportive of that. We also had a few days at, um, just before we started um, being our live team, I uh, had a few days where I'd spent the day in clinic with traditional community midwives um, so that I could kind of learn the ropes there. Um, and then we kind of, I've, over time, I've just built up my knowledge kind of thing. And like I said, I'd just call on, call on other people in my team, which has been fab. How about resuscitation of newborn, though? Because I know that's something that does make people very anxious because if, if, you might have another midwife with you in a home birth situation. You may not. Um, and I'm assuming you have all the equipment at the ready. I'm seeing nods. <laughs> but, the, um, but, I mean, having the confidence to actually deal with a, a, a baby requiring resuscitation can be quite scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thankfully I've not needed to use that training too many times, but I, I did last year. I had um, a shoulder dystocia and then a neonatal resuscitation at home, which um, was an interesting, interesting experience. Um, it was uh, the talk of the town. Um, so um, as all the ambulances and uh, air ambulance call um, came up, and I was really very grateful having attended the NLS course actually, mm really really helped my confidence we do have yearly updates on um all the um the um emergencies you can experience like shoulder dystocia full prolapse pph but we don't just leave it up to our yearly updates you know we talk about it in the team and i think when we're going to a home birth all of us are running through you know we're, we're expecting the best but we're preparing for the worst as well so i know i'm driving there and i'm thinking right what's our drill for this, what's our drill for that, you know, and we get everything ready. And yeah, so it's, it's an ongoing thing, isn't it, draining really. And in terms of emergencies, we have um, emergency bags that we take out for us. So each of us um, in our team have a, a delivery bag. So we have our own delivery bag. Uh, and then we have an emergency bag, two emergency bags that we share between our teams. So we pick those up on the way to a home birth. Right. You made it come very much alive to me. Thank you. That's great. Okay, more questions. More questions. We've got we've got another question on call. Uh, we've got something from Melanie Fitzpatrick. Hi, Melanie. She says, "Hi, Stephanie and Helen. Thank you for taking the time to share your experience. You've mentioned benefits of working within the continuity of care model as having autonomy to manage own work, diaries, leave, etc., and having great satisfaction. Would you say?" you have achieved greater job satisfaction and have there been any midwives who've not who've found this way of working has not met their expectations should i i'll go first um i <laughs> i've definitely got had more job satisfaction did, mm. since doing this role um getting to know the women so well it just i know this this sounds soppy now <laughs> but it feels like you're going especially once you, they've, they've given birth and you see them with their families afterwards, it feels like when you're discharging them, you're discharging a friend. And that's not to say that every you're going to get along with every single woman and have that relation, mm. the same relationship. But I've definitely found that even those women that may be a little bit frosty to begin with, um, definitely warm to you throughout the pregnancy, especially because you're, you're the, the same face that they're getting to know. Um, so for me, definitely, I've had a lot, of, a lot more job satisfaction um from doing this role yeah I, I agree I really wouldn't want to do anything else now I think that before I knew anything about maternity before I had my own children I thought the job I'm doing now is what every midwife did 
Um, and then when I started my training after I had my children um, and having gone through maternity system myself, I realised it wasn't like that. Although I was pretty lucky, I did have good continuity from my community. And I had two home births too, so I did have, you know, great, I did experience that. Um, but then, of course, when I did my training and I realised it wasn't quite that, like that. And then continuity arrives, doesn't it, because of better births. And yeah. I, I was putting my hand up and knocking on doors every single day. I want a little bit of this, please. And I really wouldn't want to do any anything else now. I think it's an, it's an utter privilege. And it's not always easy, but all the benefits are there. And the work-life balance, I've definitely found better too. I think that's great. And I think I think this is a place I have to I have to finish the evening because the hour is up. The questions and thank you so much to our audience for sending some fantastic questions. There are still some questions which we'll try and answer after the program, but we have to let these midwives go because they have to have their work life balance. <laughs> And I'd like to say a huge, huge thank you to Helen and Steph. You've really actually made this whole come, come alive. I can see how you're working. You are shining out what continuity can, add, can give to women and babies, but also to midwives. And I think what, what comes over is the, the important things we need to have in place, like regular team meetings, getting to know each other as a team, days off. And having, I think the name consultant idea is also having this support, but also the bigger thing is having the wider family, the wider midwifery team working with you. And not, I, I know that there's a very good question about elitism, because I think that has in the past been an issue, whether we have to find a sort of bad thing in, in something, I don't know. But I think both Helen and Steph have really described how you can achieve it and what you get out of the achievement. And I want to say a huge, huge thank you to both of you for giving up your time. And I know you've, you've, it's been a very busy week, but you've, you are fantastic role models. And I know that everybody who's watching will have enjoyed and found a lot of information that you've, you've shared in a really accessible way. So thank you so much for that. Um, Remember, the resources are available uh, to you for those of you who are listening. Lots of references and links that you can use. And um, all this will be put out later in the week as well through um, the usual channels. And you can access it through Matflix also. I'd like to say another thank you to Matflix who, who look after all of this, but also our partners, the Practicing Midwife and the All for Maternity. And thank you all to you for joining us this evening. And we'll look forward to seeing you. Next week is our last uh, session for the series. I have to say that slowly, I'll get it wrong. So we'll look forward seven to eight next Wednesday. And in the meantime, stay safe and look after yourselves. And thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour. This podcast has been made possible by the team at Maternity and Midwifery Forum and our CPD partners, Matflix. You can sign up at matflix.co.uk. This episode was edited and produced by Catherine Stewart of the Narrowcast Media Group.